everybody. You got Massey and Mike. We are a self-evident podcast. We are up and live right now. And uh, so what we're doing is we're moving. We have moved times uh, for a reason because there's just a lot of stuff going on on Sundays. And you know what? I love morning times. And if you guys are uh, in right now, if you guys are not, uh, please tell us where you're from. Comment where you're from. Share this video with people because, guys, listen, for us, this is about having hope and answers for the world. We need to have hope and answers for the world. And so, guys, we're, we're going to be talking about a lot of things about the, the, the rise and the fall of a, of, of a republic, what the answers are. We're talking a lot of scripture today. We want hope uh, and all that stuff. And so, in Jesus' name, you will be set free this morning and more. So, Right. So, guys, do not forget to check out all of our platforms. Yes. Check all of our stuff. Be sure to go to theselfevidenttruth.com. Get yourself some merch. Get yourself a t-shirt. Uh, that helps support us go where we need to go. So, become part of us. Start... Start doing whatever you need to do to get this message out or to be a part of the message. We want to partner with you, right? So, before we get into it, one thing that I want you guys to think about is there's a lot of talk about end times, about Christ coming back. There's a lot of talk about the fall of America and all of that. When we get into our main topic, I want you to just kind of step back from all of that information that you have going on. And they had all the, the doom reports, you know, we call it doom scrolling. And and we want you to just think about what's the other side of all this? What could another answer be? What's what's the bigger picture? But before that, we want to cover a news bit, because this is this is rather interesting, and who knows, it could go this way or go that way. Um, Croft, let's go ahead and throw up slide number one. So, Australia is now testing out a new app called the Home Quarantine SA app. Oh, this is going to be good, isn't it, guys? It only uses geolocation and facial recognition software to track people who are quarantining. That's all. Yeah. And, uh, by the way, South Australians must download this app. They're being forced to download an app. Don't you love that, mess? When the government tells you, you need to put this on your phone. Come on, baby. That's, that's great. That's liberty in a nutshell, isn't it? So this, all it does is contacts people at random and requires them to provide proof of their location within 15 minutes. You have to prove where you're at in 15 minutes. Then the citizen must share the location or provide live fact check-ins to confirm they're at the registered address. You, you've got to check in. Let us know where you're at. And we'll contact you at any time of the day and at, at any point. You never know when it's going to come, but... You better be able to answer within 15 minutes and tell us where you're at, because that's freedom. That's beautiful, isn't it? It's all about safety. It's all about safety. So we'll keep you in your homes and make you check in with us randomly. And people who miss this check-in. You're taking a nap and your phone is on silent. Uh, they receive a follow-up call where they have to admit to why they missed. And if they miss that... It's a visit by the SS. Sorry. Uh, KGB. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the not-so-secret, secret Australian police of any stupid person with a badge or a government ID. So that's cool. Anybody from the government can pretty much show up at your door and say, why didn't you answer the app? Why didn't you answer our random connection? When we talk about liberty and we talk about restraining government, this is why. And I'm really tired of people saying, that'll never happen here. That'll never happen here. Australia, 
Australia is not that different from America. No, in in the sense that uh, the way governments are structured and set up, like one of the first things they did was disarm the people. When you can disarm the people, you basically have them. They're now slaves uh, to a government because what's your what's your last buck stops here? Yeah. I mean, if you can't defend your own house and territory, there's something off, right? And, and you lose that ability to to have a defensive mindset or to protect yourself because you start seeing government as your protector. Well, when government starts oppressing you, you well, it must be to protect me. You know, and that's that's some of the thought process that goes on in people. Um, but there's there's there is see a rising up that's happening in Australia, which is really cool. And I know we've talked about that before, that people are upset. People are upset all over the world. They they don't like dealing with this stuff and they don't like where it's all going. Any other thoughts on that one? Nope, I'm good. Let's okay. move on. Ready to get into the main one? Baby. Oh, here we go. Just for a second, if you're up and it's a 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning and you're tuning into the self-evident podcast to get your day going, you got a cup of coffee or some tea or orange juice or whatever you're drinking, I want you to just raise your glass. It's a good day to be alive, guys. We have to remember that. It's a good day to be alive. It really is. So listen, this is the day that the Lord has made. And if we're not in the mode of joy and rejoicing, um, I think that's why a lot of people are losing hope. Um, What is your hope in? And we have to start thinking this way. Uh, And for many of us, we say, man, the problems are huge and it's the end times and it's the last days and all these other things. It's like, was our focus supposed to be when the last days are coming? Or was our focus supposed to be there's a gospel that needs to be preached out there, which is the gospel of peace and hope from sin and also brings redemption to your life and peace to the world because the the peace of God passes all understanding, right? Is there a hope that we're supposed to be preaching that that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, that God is our protector, he's our provider, right? Is there... What what we're sensing in America more and more is we're listening more listening more to political pundits rather than the gospel. And so this is what's so crazy, right? How come people weren't talking about the last days when Trump was president? The moment Biden becomes president and does some shady things, which unconstitutionally this has been happening for a hundred and something odd years now. Why is it now it's the end of the world, but not when President Trump was in? Beware of false people, false prophets, false teachers, because you know what they do through fear, through fear. This is what the Pharisees did. They strained at nights and swallow camels. You know what I mean? Through fear, they made people subjected and obeying. Instead of preaching redemption through Christ and saying, you know what, even if he does come back, find yourself busy in the things of God, find your calling and go out there. Right. This is what uh, I think for, for, for us is the hope. Like if God gave me a word, he's going to fulfill that word. Right. If, yeah. if, if, if he's going to give us and, and we were talking about Matthew 24 this morning. Uh, hey, good morning, guys. Joe, uh, Kathy, how you guys doing? Uh, go ahead and share this video. If we were talking about Matthew 24 this morning, there's 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 some hope in this, guys. There's some hope in redemption. He was saying to, to, to the Pharisees and his disciples, because he just got done rebuking the Pharisees for, like I said, uh, uh, omitting the weightier matters of the law, law uh, ju- ju- uh, judgment, mercy, faith, all those things. And then he says this. For many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ and will mislead many. I have the answers and will mislead many. Where are they misleading him to? Away from redemption in Christ and selfish thinking. It's about me now. How can I fulfill the law? How can I do this? I need to be right. You are right before God when you accepted his redemption. When you accepted his finished works, you are now received into righteousness. You are now robed with righteousness. You're his already. 
So you know what you do with that? I now have grace and liberty and power to go preach this redemption and see the power of God move. Okay? And then he says this, you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. How long has that been happening, dude? Since just, before just Jesus. A couple of days. Since before Jesus, you will be hearing wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened. Right. And, Don't be afraid. And with those false prophets, uh, it, it, we use that that term generalizing. Um, the, these people who lead people away from Christ. Guess what one of the best ways to get people eyes off of Christ is? Fear. And so what do you start looking at? You start looking at all the events that are going on around you. And they say, look at this. Look at this. Look at that. Look at this. Look right. over there. Look at that. All the while getting your eyes off of Christ. And yes. That's why we continue to push you need to keep your eyes on Christ because perfect love casts out, casts out fear. all fear. That's exactly it, dude. And so when you have perfect love, that means you have Christ. That's really what that's saying. And one of the things that that I want to add on to that is not only that, but we have to step back and realize that, A, just because Biden's in office doesn't mean that everything's going to fall and America's done. On the other side of it, maybe America will fall. And maybe, just America, maybe, just maybe, and maybe America's fall is not directly related to Christ coming the next day. I think sometimes Come we on, think man. that if America falls, that means Christ is here, the Antichrist no. is in power. Empires Doesn't necessarily em mean that. I know. Empires <laughs> have risen and fallen so many times. Empires have risen and fallen so many times. And Christ did not return. Watch, because keep reading this in Matthew 24. We're going to give you some hope here, okay? That, listen, if you don't love your life under the death the way Christ did, you don't care if he comes back or not. What you're you're excited about is he's returning. Right. So his return is what excites you. It's like, man, I get to go see my father, right? For, for the one who died for me, who was crushed for me. I get to go see that man, right? Can I add into that? Yes. Um, and, and there's a balance in there because there are people who, who don't follow Christ enough, who just being honest, who are super scared of Christ coming back when they really start thinking about it. It's like, if he comes back, what well, man, I just have not been doing what I should be. There's the other side of it who are like, Christ, take me right now. Let's go. Let's screw all of yeah, this. And you know why they say that? Because they don't want to get in the war. Exactly. They don't want to get their hands dirty and they don't want to be responsible. And this is the scary thing about scripture. This is the scary thing about where God puts personal responsibility. It was Daniel Webster that said, the Bible, and he said this uh, about 160, 70 years ago, he said the Bible is a book of faith and a book of morals, a book of doctrine and of special revelation from God. But listen to this. He said the Bible is a book that also teaches every man his own individual responsibility. There's something powerful about that because each one of you is called and gifted to go change the world for Jesus Christ, to go destroy the works of wickedness and darkness the way the disciples did. Each one of us is called to do something in our lane to go give hope to people, to go give them redemption from sin, right? And so if we're not responsible for holding that gifting, God will hold us responsible for that. He holds us accountable for that. And I think we get a good example of that through Paul, who you know, one of my my... One of the lines I go back to a lot is to live as Christ, to die as gain, which is very much this idea of nowhere, no matter where I'm at, I'm good. I'm content because Dude. I'm doing what God's asked me to do. And I, I sometimes tongue in cheek say, you know, we're trying to polish the brass on the Titanic here, but I'm okay with that because there's still people to save. There's still people to go after. There's still the body to mature and grow and unify for Christ. So to me, 
man, would I hope that, hey, we can we can go a lot longer here on earth? Yeah, sure. But if Christ comes back tomorrow at the same time, it's okay. That's when God has determined it, you know? I look at I look at centuries past and how long we've we been preaching this stuff, man, years. Years about hope and redemption, and that when it gets darker, it gets brighter. And that we were reading yesterday, we were filming. Guys, get! I'm excited. We're, we're releasing our Constitution course in January 2022. We just started filming. We should have everything edited by December. We're, we're really excited. All of a sudden, I'm starting to read. Holy smokes, man. I start to read the oppressions that the king of, of Great Britain was putting up against the Americans and that every time the Americans said, you know what, we're not obeying you King. He goes up and says, fine, then I'm going to put the stamp act on you. And they're like, you know what? We'll disobey that too. And then he goes, you know what? Fine. I'm going to put another one on you. And then he does, what was that? Uh, uh, insurrection act. And he does all these things. The more that we disobeyed, the more the King came and said, we're going to put more on you and guess who won the day because they didn't stop and they trusted God. The nation that had two and a half million people against the other nation that had half a billion people. Because God's word is true. If you hold true to his word, he will hold true to his promises. If you believe his word and his promises, he has to perform them because it's his word. And he is not a man that he should lie. He will not deceive his kids. And by the way, you won't be deceived into taking some vaccine to make sure that you're healthy. If you're guided by the Holy Ghost and you have the healing power of God within you, you will know exactly what to do. We're not saying vaccines are bad. I'm not telling you that. And we're not telling you you can't get it. No, That's what, not we're, what saying we're saying is what we're saying is if you're depending more on what the world says rather than what the word says, there's something wrong. Your faith is in the wrong place. Listen, I've been there. I understand what it's like to be in fear and in shame and not understanding. And oh my gosh, everything's riding on me and my decision. And if I lose my job, what's going to happen to my family? Who gave you your family? Who gave you your kids? So therefore, who owns who your owns the and your cattle kids? on a thousand hills? And, and we listen, God forbid that he would have to put us in a position where we have to trust him. God forbid we would be put in a position where we have to trust the living God, because that's exactly where we're at right now, especially in the word. I am not angry. I'm excited and passionate <laughs> right now. I'm serious. When I started reading the oppressions that the king of Great Britain was doing, I was like, we're, we're in that same spot now where people are like, oh, my gosh, Trump. And then all of a sudden, homeboy right. gets elected, uh, Biden, and it gets worse and worse. Read the book of Exodus. Let me, let me you're, finish you're this point. Read it. the book of Exodus. It got worse and worse and worse once the word of the Lord came. When the word of the Lord came to give them hope and redemption and to remove them from the bondage of Egypt, it got worse for the children of Israel. It got worse for his kids. It got worse for their kids. And then guess what God started doing? As it gets worse, I'm putting more pressure on the enemy and I will crush your enemy. And then you will see the redemption in light. Here's the problem. They didn't have the law of God. What happens if America does one day say, look, we're done. We're bankrupt. We can't do anything. If you don't understand American law and history, if you don't understand where rights come from, if you don't understand the word of God, if you don't understand how governments are run, if you don't understand how to elect good people, if you don't understand what it's like to have integrity and morality, which is exactly who we should have representing us, what are you going to put in its place? If you don't educate yourself and all you're dependent on is a government and the Republicans, oh boy. My hope is not in them, it's in Christ, because Christ would never send me in a position to represent the people to enslave them. That's how you know the litmus test of those who are running, who are good, and who are not good. 
it's funny you bring up Egypt because I've got that in the notes a little bit later. And and the whole reason we're we're going this route is we had a, a faithful listener and supporter who had asked our comments about a message that seems to be going around. And so we're we're going to go through this message. We're going to kind of break it down line by line. So let's pull it apart. How long do we have is the title of this. This, this, and this is what it says. Hey, this, Joe, you, uh, one second. Sorry, Joe. Thanks for tuning in, buddy. Uh, we, we appreciate that. Michelle, thank you. Uh, this this Joe guy that's on here, guys, go follow his ministry because we're going to be out there in October. Uh, this October, we're going out to Colorado to do a Days of Fire conference. We'll put the link below. But guys, you want to hear hope. You want to get going in the morning. Every morning at 9 a.m., this dude is pumping. Actually, 9 a.m., sometimes 11 a.m., sometimes at night at night. He's just doing lives and he's doing all these things. That dude's ministry is so impactful. And it's 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 this otherworldly hope. It's this hope that doesn't belong in this world, guys. And so there's other people on here that are good. They're, they're fighters of the faith. Uh, people like Tyler, JB. There, there's a bunch of people on here, praise God, that are on the show. And guys, we really want you uh, uh, to, to, to follow these guys and start putting hope in your heart. If you're waking up and going right away to social media, that's where you're failing. I promise you, because social media will destroy what hope really is. It really will. I'm not saying social media is bad. I'm saying if your eyes are focused on that, go ahead. Okay. So this is what it says. This is the most interesting thing I've read in a long time. The sad thing about it, you can see it coming. I have always heard about this democracy countdown It is interesting to see it in print. So how long do we have? About the time our original 13 states adopted their new constitution in 1787, Alexander Tyler, a Scottish history professor at the University of Edinburgh, had this to say about the fall of the Athenian Republic some 2,000 years earlier. Okay, stop for a second. So this guy was a Scottish history professor around the founding of America. He's attributed with this theory that democracies last about 200 years. You've, you've probably heard that a democracy lasts 200 years and it collapses into a dictatorship or, or collapses into an empire or whatever. America was not formed as a democracy. Bingo. We have to get this through our heads. It doesn't mean that we don't have our issues and our problems. And it doesn't mean that people aren't trying to turn it into a democracy. They cry. But if you look at Massey's laptop, which, of course, this is perfect timing, right? America is not a democracy. So what are we? A constitutional representative republic. We'll get into that later. But there is a big difference. A democracy is simple majority, determines all the laws and rules. Constitution is our law system. That's what puts down the laws. We're a republic because we go by the values. We go by the beliefs of the, of the agreement or the compact, a.k.a. the Constitution. So it continues. This is a quote from him, or sorry, a quote from John Adams. And this is, we've put this in here because we have to understand this difference about democracies. John Adams said about democracies, democracies have ever been spectacles of turbulence, or sorry, James Madison, democracies have ever been spectacles of turbulence and contention, have ever been found incompatible with personal security or the rights of property and have in general been as short in their lives as they have been violent in their deaths. Oof. John Adams said, remember, democracy never lasts long. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. Dang. There never was a democracy yet that did not commit That's right. suicide. That's right. What about Fisher Ames? A democracy is a volcano which conceals the fiery materials of its own destruction. 
These will produce an eruption and carry desolation in their way. The known propensity of a democracy is to licentiousness, which, which the ambitious call and ignorant believe to be liberty. Your licentiousness is not your liberty. Do you notice that today? We, we talk about what are people wanting permission to do, wanting protection, vice, not virtue. Virtue, they want to stuff, stifle. That's right. Vice, they want to allow and expand upon. And what, you know, one of the things you and I had talked about before, buddy, is uh, so, so Mike and I have been doing this for three and a half years now, I, I guess, but on our own, about seven years, just going out, speaking, doing whatever. And we thought, you know, one of the greatest atrocities that ever happened in American system and the law system is we made sin votable. Right. That is a dangerous thing to do when you can make sin a votable issue, not a moral issue anymore, because now the narrative is government can control what is moral. Do you see what's happening with religious exemptions? Yep. They're determining what's religious. Who gave them that authority? And, and that actually, so you always were told legislation can't be morality. You can't legislate morality, except you're, you're backing into legislating morality. The only Ooh. problem is now you're legislating positive I morality. Know. You're, you're now putting the laws and the strictures on what you can do positively, not vice. What's that? Uh, so everybody share the video. I tried to mouth it to Mike and he was like, what? I was like, share the video. That's it. That's all I so, got. Um, Governor Morris said, we have seen the tumult of democracy terminate as it has everywhere terminated in despotism. Democracy, savage and wild, thou who would bring down the virtuous and wise to thy level of folly and guilt. So Tyler is, is attributed. Now, I say this because there is question about whether or not this guy actually yeah. said this quote. A democracy is always temporary in nature. It simply cannot exist as a permanent form of government. A democracy will continue to exist up until the time that voters discover that they can vote themselves generous gifts from the public treasury. From that moment on, the majority always votes for the candidates who promise the most benefits from the public treasury, Dude. with the result that every democracy Dude. will finally collapse due to loose fiscal policy, which is always wow. followed by a dictatorship. And loose fiscal Man. policy is definitely evident throughout civilizations because if you look at fiat currencies they always collapse what's a fiat currency there's no backing behind it this was true in the ancient world when they started taking precious metals which were had real value they started mixing in uh, uh worthless metals to help water down the supply and continue to print currency what for war we see it today the printing machines go brrr, you know all day at the treasury why because guess what? We're going to print and 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 print. There's nothing backing that money anymore. And this loose fiscal policy, it's not just loose. It's ludicrous. And it causes a collapse because once your economy falls apart, what are you to do? Where do you go? When you can't afford food, you can't afford lodging, you can't afford life. There's problems with that. And people will point the finger right, at right. capitalism. It's not capitalism. It's the stupid people at top who don't understand that you have to have some type of scale to it. You have to keep it precious. There has to be value to it. Yep. 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 There has to be. I think uh I think in the end, you're 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 how do I say this? What what your heart is attached to will come out. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like we're talking about republics, we're talking about democracies, we're talking about all these things. And I'm thinking to myself, man, 
what your heart is attached to will come out of your mouth. Do you, do you know what I mean? You can't fake it. No. It's real. Why, why wake up in the morning, man, if you have no hope? But that there's something inside of you that keeps pumping you to wake up. And that's what you need. Well, what is that? It's the Holy Ghost, right? right? I don't know. I just, I keep thinking about it. No, I, I'm with you. Um, so let's let's go to slide two and just leave it up for a little while while I go through this. Um, the average age of the world's greatest civilizations from the beginning of history has been about 200 years, says Tyler. During those 200 years, those nations have always progressed through the following sequence. So they go from bondage or, or oppression to spiritual faith. They go from spiritual faith to great courage, from courage to liberty, liberty to abundance, abundance to complacency, complacency to apathy, apathy to dependence, and dependence back into bondage. Mm. I say it's pretty accurate. That, that does seem to be the rise and fall of a civilization. I mean, there's a natural order to that. So bondage to spiritual faith, the suffering of being under oppression and a tyrant awakes the spiritual. Yeah, yeah. The, the higher meaning within people, they say this, this can't continue. Spiritual faith goes into great courage. So because you have that spiritual faith, you're, you're relying on something higher than you. Uh, the, you gain courage and you become united in shaking off your bonds. So from that, courage to liberty, the courage propels people to shake off their oppressors. They become free to the point that they can. And at least somewhat, they, they're able to shape their future in government. The beautiful thing about America is they got to shape from scratch. That's right. They, they got to pretty much do it from scratch. They got to do it from scratch, but they also learned from a lot of history. They yeah. also learned what it was like to rise and fall, empires rising and falling. They understood systems. They understood democracies. And notice they never said socialists, none of that stuff. Everything fell under the title democracy. Right. That's why they said democracies waste themselves because it eventually turns into that. But they had such a, a, a wealth of history knowledge. They knew, hey, if we set up the system, look what happened with that country. Look what happened with this country. If we do that, this is what happened here. You know what I mean? They yeah. weren't just like what we, you wrote it in the notes uh, for, for yesterday's stuff. The, the the independence didn't start. The revolution didn't start at 1776. They had seen civilizations pass saying, man, we can't do that no more. You know what I mean? Right. The king is not God, all that stuff. Right. And that's, they built on the shoulders of giants and they developed and learned and tried to avoid the pitfalls that other civilizations had had. And man, I think they were pretty darn successful at it. You know, <laughs> uh, so liberty to abundance this freedom creates newfound wealth and abundance. Why? Because people are free and, and able to go and be prosperous. Guess what? If you trust people over a long period of time with their own freedom, Dude, we tend to think, oh, they can't handle it. Real. But you, you look at the frontier spirit of America, they really did well. They, they had a rough beginning, a lot of them, but they, they ended up doing well. Right. So once you have abundance, you go to complacency. So this abundance creates within the people an apathy and a laziness as the generations go on. People lose sight in a couple of generations of what it took to achieve and maintain that liberty. This actually happened before the children of Israel went into bondage with Egypt. Pharaohs, the pharaohs didn't know their fathers. Remember yeah. when the, those pharaohs came in, they didn't know the laws of uh, Joseph and, and those guys. They didn't, they didn't know their God. So all of a sudden it was like, oh, these people are numerous in number. Who was leading the children of Israel at the time? Then we just became their rulers. That's what happens right. through prosperity. And and we're going to continue <clears throat> on that line. So so yeah, stick yeah, with yeah, that yeah, line. We're, we're going, yeah. Um, uh, abundance to complacency. Complacency to apathy. 
So they're not only complacent, but they become apathetic, not caring about what is encroaching upon them. As long as they're comfortable, that's all that matters. As long as they're safe, that's all that matters. Word. So then apathy to dependence. So this is where safe, the idea of safety takes over. So they're Come dependent on. on another to provide for them, protect them, raise them, and honestly all but breathe for them. It becomes where, well, I just can't do it because I don't really feel like it. So can you take care of me? And as soon as that dependence happens, guess what? Somebody else owns you because it goes from dependence to bondage. A man dependent is a man ripe for slavery. Hear that again. A man dependent is a man ripe for slavery, cannot provide for himself. And therefore, he will gladly accept the bonds of a master in order for provision. So going back to the Egypt thing, think about this. And Massey and I have had this conversation a lot. A lot. <laughs> the Israelites, we don't believe, even thought about the fact that they're slaves. Think about that. It's true because they didn't know. Yeah, they didn't. I think what's what he's saying is they didn't realize that some did. There was some who cried out from from oppression, but for the most part, when you're outnumbering Pharaoh's people, and they were constantly multiplying, the Bible says, so they were outnumbering those of Egypt, right? But if you're outnumbering those of Egypt because you're constantly multiplying, and there was no revolt, you accepted it. Yeah, you didn't know you were slaves. A perfect example. So Harriet Tubman said that actually. She said yeah. she had freed a thousand slaves in her lifetime. She said I could have freed a thousand more had they known they were slaves. Amen. Oof, man. And and there's a perfect example of this in Scripture. Think about this. So the Israelites were so enslaved that when Pharaoh punished them by taking away their straw to make bricks, yet still requiring the same quota, so he said, "You're going to go get your own straw." Yet I still want you to make the same amount of bricks, dude. Who'd they get mad at? They got mad at Moses, the one who's trying to free him. They look at Moses and said, you caused this. They didn't get mad at Pharaoh. They didn't say, Pharaoh, what are you doing to us? They didn't say, that's it. We're done. We're leaving. Let's go, Moses. They said, Moses, why did you cast this evil on us? Do you realize that they'll have us pointing the finger at the person who's trying to keep us free or trying to lead us to freedom? They'll have you saying that person caused all of this oppression. You see that with the unvaccinated. You notice Biden himself said, this is a plague of the unvaccinated or a pandemic of the unvaccinated. He's pointing the finger at the people who want to stay free and are saying to everybody else, we don't mind if you do what you do, but retain your freedom in doing it. The government should not be the oppressor and putting the thumb on everybody. And so if you don't know that you're a slave, you start looking at your master as the one who's protecting you, providing for you, when in reality, they're just giving you enough to keep you going as you walk deeper into slavery to them. And another example for the Israelites is when they were in the desert, they looked at Moses and God and they complained, reminiscing about the food that they had in Egypt. Now, here's one thing we don't think about. They were slaves. That wasn't really their food. That's right. That wasn't their food. Ooh. <laughs> they were enslaved and being fed. That's right. Belong to the government. Belong to the government. Welfare programs. Who are you going to listen to when you're being provided for? You don't want to lose that scratch. Right? So again, for some, you know what I find odd? 
the priests you never hear mentioned were the ones that cried out to to God for their, hmm. their it was the people that cried out not the priests and who did Moses get sent to first before the children of Israel the priests right yeah. and then he after he went and talked to the priests he was like oh okay i'm going to go to the face of pharaoh now you know what i mean like yeah. in other words we did good we 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 told you what was going on we went to your congregations we said hey this is what's going on you obviously ain't going to change so we got to go to moses or i'm sorry to pharaoh right same thing happened with Jesus Christ. Where did he go to to go heal the sick, raise the, all that stuff? The synagogues. Yeah. He went to the temples, and they rejected him from the temples. So guess where he went to? The people. Paul, but did, he did it in order. Paul did the same thing. Yeah, he he went to the synagogues first, and he hit the point where he's like, "You guys aren't going to take this. I'm done. I'm going yeah. this way, yeah. dude." You know, guys, please share this video if you're new watching. T tell us where you're from. Comment where you're from right now. Um, we want to keep this. Uh, message going because we got a lot of hope to give what we're telling you these messages for is because there's 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 a room there's a place for hope no matter what i think when we preach that you know you've heard those memes you've seen those memes and i'm kind of going on a tangent because we got to get back to the but um you know how many times you say in scripture fear not fear not fear not perfect love cast out fear fear not right well start believing that because like we shouldn't fear we should have hope and if he comes, praise God. And if not, keep fighting because that's what he calls us to do. Destroy the works of darkness. Read First John. Destroy the works of darkness. So this message continues. I'm going to be reading from the message again. Professor Joseph Olson of Hemline University School of Law, St. Paul, Minnesota, points out some interesting facts concerning 2020 presidential election. Number of states won by the Democrats, 19. Republicans, 29. Square miles of land won by Democrats, 580,000 miles. Republicans, 2.4 million square miles. Population of counties won by Democrats, 127 million. Republicans, 143 million. Murder rate per 100,000 residents in counties won by Democrats, 13.2. Republicans, 2.1. So these facts are interesting and merely point to the tip scales of the system at this point, okay? But Olson goes farther with a conclusion. He adds, in aggregate, the map of the territory Republican won was mostly the land owned by the taxpaying citizens of this great country. Democrat territory mostly encompassed those citizens living in government-owned tenements and living off various forms of government welfare. Now, I'm not saying he's wrong, but I think there's also another caveat to add into this. You look at Democrat-controlled areas, uh, for instance, with Clinton and Trump, Clinton won 489 counties in the 2016 election. Trump won 2,623. Where did Clinton win? mostly in the major cities. Now, not just government welfare and all that. We're, yeah, hey, that's that's definitely part of it. I think another yeah. part of that is there is a high majority of people who aren't property owners in the cities. Think about it. There, A lot of people are renters and leasers. They don't own a house. And guess what government... property? That's right. Guess what government does? Provide for those rental units. They provide for those places. Gosh, it's constant and, enslavement, dude. And and if you're not responsible for your property, if you're if if you don't have ownership over something, you don't understand the the encroachment that happens on your liberties when somebody's encroaching on your property. And so the mindset becomes, well, I don't really own anything anyways, so you know, you do what you need to do. And you you have the very poor in the middle city, inner cities who they've owned their house, whether through generational or whatever. They need those programs. And then you have the rich who own a lot of property in the inner cities and well, or the the in the middle of cities, I should say. And they 
they don't mind the whole tax raise idea. They're, they're hitting all the loopholes anyways. Yep. And so they can make themselves feel better by, well, we need to put more money into programs and we need more government. It helps them feel good, helps them feel like they're doing something. Yet, and, and they'll put excess into philanthropy. You think about scripturally, the man who's going through the, the temple court with the music and praise and everybody cheering because he's got his bags of money that he's going to give to the synagogue. And then Christ sees a little old lady with, with basically two pennies and she puts them in. He says she walks away more justified because he gave out of his abundance. She gave all she had. Yeah, she gave out of her lack, actually. Yeah. He said he gave she gave out of um, sacrifice what she didn't have. And it's crazy. That's not <laughs> that's so misconstrued by by sermons today, but right. it's so good that the heart was, I'm not receiving anything. I just want to give. That word right there connotates a receiving but on its own. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Don't you think we shouldn't have to be told that when you give, you receive? You just give because God is worth it and he's worthy. And then out of his abundant grace, mercy, and being a good dad, he sees the sacrifice and goes, you know what? I'm going to bless you anyway. I'm going to bless you. And guys, he blesses when we don't give. It's crazy. He blesses because he's God and he's so good and merciful and kind. I know I'm kind of, I'm on coffee. My second one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, this no, is good. good. Man, Mike knows how to make some coffee, y'all. Shoo. Yeah. Pouring in that creamer. Right. <laughs> so uh, yeah get elijah in here there we go elijah name name drop so olson believes that we're somewhere between complacency and apathy i wouldn't i wouldn't argue with that um i not I, I i honestly think we're probably more into the dependency stage um and one of the things that we think about is the heart of the people and the citizenship no longer does citizen mean a responsibility. Citizenship means what can I get? What can I be dependent on? What is I, what's going to be given to me? And that's a very dangerous position to be in because the next step is bondage. Now, what's interesting is, so I was looking through some liberal uh, articles, especially by like political or daily cause, and they attribute the downfall of democracy to the far right growth in Trump. So they saw Trump and they said, that's it. Democracy has failed. All the far right people want authoritarianism. Right. Now, the actual far right isn't necessarily too far from wanting authoritarianism. The actual far right. The problem is Politico, Daily Cause, all of them decide anybody with a conservative pulse is considered far right. A lot of the Trump people, they didn't want an authoritarian. They wanted somebody to bring through liberty for them. There's a difference. Now, what actually happens in that process is a little bit different. So what amazes me is these articles did not age well. These were during the era of Trump, and they said authoritarianism, he's, he's cracking down, all of that. But look at who's putting in tracing programs, vaccine mandates, passports, pandemics, lockdowns, This isn't the conservatives or the libertarians that are doing all this. It's the authoritarians. There was a bait and switch in these liberals' minds. Any authoritarian act must be considered right-wing because only the right-wing is authoritarian to them. 
So what they see going on now, they've actually twisted their minds to where, well, the mandates are good and, and that's creating liberty for people. The more we oppress a certain segment, the more liberty we're going to have for people. That's how we're going to be free. Bingo. We'll lock you all down. That way everybody can be free. Sometimes you have to give up your liberties and give up your safety in order for everybody to be free on the, on the other end of it. But that's a bait and switch because there's so much more that keeps getting pressed down and you can see it. Like Massey was saying in the Constitution course, we talk about this leveling up that happens. Colonists do one thing. Crown tries to suppress. Colonists react this way. Crown t- tries to suppress more. And what you notice is when Biden said, our patience is wearing thin. What he's saying is, you're not doing what we want you to, so now we're going to up the pressure. And you notice the goalposts always move. Yes, that's right. Andrew just said it's a tribal mindset. It's, it's yep. almost this, uh, uh, here's, here's what's crazy. Both sides want it. If you look at, let, let's look at the subject. We can't fix what's going on in America until we fix ourselves. Okay. If you can't take a good, deep look inward, you're not going to change this thing going on out there. Both sides really want authoritarianism. You know how I know that? Because we depended on one election. One man was going to change the entire country. That is such crap. It was the states and the people that had to change. God was so merciful. Oh, dude, oh, you're going to call me crazy. God works all things together for good. Thank God for Biden. Listen close to me. Thank God for him. Here's why. Do you realize the giant that you're awakening right now? Do you realize what God is doing right now through the wickedness that's happening? You awoke the conscience of America right now, dude. And there's a majority of masses that are standing for truth. Listen close to me. We are in the perfect position to see God move in the midst of wickedness. How do you think he moves? He, the light has to be shown in darkness. Read Isaiah 16, Isaiah 61. It, it, it's, it shows through darkness. Go tell the people their sins. Go tell them. Go preach to God. This is the time. Look, you may call me crazy for what I just said, but he's doing us a favor because now God is so merciful to us to show us where the wickedness is and never go back and touch it again because we've depended on government for far too long, even as conservatives, because we keep saying, if we elect that guy, the whole nation is going to change. It was you that was supposed to change the country, not one man. Not a Supreme Court, not, not a judiciary, none of that stuff. It was you. It was us as the people. The, the authority is laid in the free consent of the people, Thomas Hooker said in his sermon. It's the, the, that's where it all begins. And if we can't see that God works all things together for the good, you're not hearing scripture. Why would he put you through a testimony or a test at the end, give you a testimony? Because that test is what gives you a testimony. All things work together for good. Why is this happening in my life? So that in the end, when you overcome that thing, you can tell other people about it and show the goodness of God. Why are we going through these things in America? You know why? Because wickedness had been sown for years in this country. And we're now seeing the manifestation of wickedness, right? That's what happens when you sow rebellion, sin, disgusting teachings in public schools, when you sow anarchy, when you sow division, tribalism, what do you think is going to happen? What, what's that saying? If you know the nature of the beast, don't be surprised by how it reacts to you. You know that you know what it's happening. Now it's here. And guess what the children of God are doing? They're going on their knees and fasting and praying against this wickedness. Who is God going to hear? 
his kids. Don't lose hope. This is awesome. I'm telling you, this is where we need to be. Call me a fool all you want, but we can go back to Matthew 24. And he said, you know what's so crazy about your generation? You will kill the ones who came to bring you hope. You will destroy the prophets. I'm not, I'm not, I am not saying, I am not a prophet. I'm saying when you deliver the word of God, automatically you're prophetic. Because you're giving something that is not there. And so when people need hope, that's prophetic, right? I'm no prophet. I'm saying that now is the time to deliver the word of God because this is doing us a favor. I'm done. Sorry. To go along with that, uh, let's go to slide number three. I'm going to skip down. So we talked about earlier, we're a constitutional republic. We're not a democracy. And on slide number three, we're talking about constitutional death. Okay, so a report published through the University of Chicago's Law School evaluated all the constitutions since 1787, found that the average age of death for a constitution is 17 years. Oftentimes it's due to crisis. So wait, government slits the throat of a constitution when crisis comes around? Of course. Go figure. Right. What's that saying you always say? It's like well, the moment crisis hits, emotions get all rise up. When emotions get it, guess what happens? They're easier to control when you're emotional, when you're in fear or anger, or whatever. You're right. easy to control, right? Sorry. You're, so, I don't know why I'm talking, man. You, should, you, you talk. I'm done talking. This is both of us. But you're, you're, you're the better <laughs> talker. So... Why did, why did America last so long? A, we're not a democracy. The more the people decide we are, the quicker death we're going to have. B, our constitution has stood the test of time. So it was intelligently shaped. It separated powers, gave power to the governed, limited power from each branch, offered a useful way to modify it, and it's used as a, it uses as its foundation faith and spiritual support. Remember, without religion or morality... We can't have this republic. And he's we, right. Andrew just asked, were those constitutions based on biblical foundations, though? That's that's exactly what we're pointing out. Is that's exactly no, it. He, that's right, dude. No faith, no spiritual foundation behind the Constitution. That's the most important part of it, because they understood the weakness of a paper product. There's no value behind it unless you have a foundation of value that moves beyond just your whims. That's why a democracy crashes and burns is because everybody's moving on their whims. We go this way. We go that way. We do this. We don't do that. The Constitution stays firm as long as you give it the respect that it deserves. And guess what? A spiritual and moral people understand self-restraint. Once you understand self-restraint, that constitution becomes valuable. Once you've lost self-restraint, it's worthless. It's just like fiat currency. There was a, uh, a thing that we saw online that we really wanted to read, and I, I think this encapsulates some of where the heart of America is right now, but we're going to give a response and a hope to this after I read this. So this, this is going around on Facebook, and you may have seen it, but we'll read through it just in case. My generation is blind to the prosperity around us. I'm sitting in a small coffee shop near Nokomis trying to think of what to write about. I scroll through my news feed on my phone, looking at the latest headlines of presidential candidates calling for policies to fix the so-called injustices of capitalism. I put my phone down and continue to look around. I see people talking freely working on their MacBooks, ordering food they get in an instant, seeing cars go by outside, and it dawned on me. 
we live in the most privileged time in the most prosperous nation, and we've become completely blind to it. Vehicles, food, technology, freedom to association with whom we choose. These things are so ingrained in our American way of life, we don't give them a second thought. We are so well off here in the U.S. that our poverty line begins 31 times above the global average. 31 times. Virtually no one in the United States is considered poor by global standards. Yet, in a time where we can order a product off Amazon with one click, have it at our doorstep the next day, we are unappreciative, unsatisfied, and ungrateful. Our unappreciation is evident as the popularity of socialist policies among my generation continue, continues to grow. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez recently said to Newsweek, talking about the millennial generation, an entire generation, which is now becoming one of the largest electorates in America, came of age and never saw American prosperity. Never saw American prosperity. Let that sink in. When I first read that statement, I thought to myself, that was quite literally the most entitled and factually illiterate thing I've ever heard in my 26 years on this earth. Many young people agree with her, which is entirely misguided. My generation is being indoctrinated by a mainstream narrative to actually believe we have never seen prosperity. I know this firsthand. I went to college. Let's just say I didn't have the popular opinion, but I digress. Why then, with all the overwhelming evidence around us, evidence that I can even see sitting at a coffee shop, do we not view this as prosperity? We have people who are dying to get into our country. People around the world destitute and truly impoverished, yet we have a young generation convinced they've never seen prosperity, and as a result, we elect some politicians who are dead set on taking steps towards abolishing capitalism. Mm. Why? The answer is this. My generation has only seen prosperity. We have no contrast. We didn't live in the Great Depression or live through two world wars, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, or we didn't see the rise and fall of socialism and communism. We don't know what it's like to live without the internet, without cars, without smartphones. We don't have a lack of prosperity problem. We have an entitlement problem, an ungratefulness problem, Ooh. and it's spreading like a plague. That's that concludes the show. Uh, <laughs> Boom. No, no, it's 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 you just said it. I don't think we have if you can't get up every morning and thank God for what you have. You know, I just saw Pitbull. You know that rapper Pitbull? Yeah. He comes from a communist country. Um, I would not recommend watching all of his videos. He does a lot of cursing. But man, that dude stands for this country. And he's not standing for the country. He's standing for what its values are. He basically said to in, in, in most of his shows now, I'm not promoting him. What I'm saying is listen to the truth. Listen to what's being said. Because even those who are not godly will eventually spit the truth. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. confess. Jesus is Lord. The truth will always come out, even from those who are not Christian, even from those who don't have the Holy Ghost, because God can tell a donkey what to say, okay? So, and I'm not calling Pitbull a donkey. I pray for his salvation. I do. And if he is, praise God. God's just got to clean him up. But like, you know what I'm saying by that? I'm not I'm not saying he's not, you know what I mean? Like, I, he's, he's redeemed if he's Christ. Yeah. But he said this. Every one of you who hate America, God bless you. But at the same time, up yours. I mean, he said some choice words. He said, because you don't realize what you have here. He said, go back to my country and then come back here and then you'll see what you have. And the way he said it was so passionate and it was real. And he said it in front of his whole crowd, this huge sure, crowd. Man. And it just, those little things, 
need to continuously be. And now, dude, even those who aren't godly, the left is coming out and saying, oh, what are we doing? Dude, I'm telling you, it will eventually implode because sin will never please everybody. It pleases some for a season, but then it encroaches on someone else's sin. And then that sin becomes greater. And then this person that was down here, they're like, wait a second. Now you're, what's going on? Eventually the left and all this other stuff, even those of you on the right who love sin will eventually cave in on yourself. You will. It has to. Sin cannot abide where truth is. And the cool thing about truth is it doesn't need to be defended. It defends itself. You don't have to be eloquent. You just got to know it. Go study and show yourself approved to God, the word of God says. Go make sure you understand how systems and governments work. Do you know why we do this? Because we're looking at this going, dang, I didn't know that. We need to tell the people about it. Some of us sometimes don't know more than you do. You know what I mean? We're just willing to say it. We're willing to go out there and say these things. We're willing to say, hey, uh, when people are telling you it's over, oh, I want to say his name. I'm so frustrated when people say American law is dead. It's over. Here's socialism. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If that's where you're at, great. And so what if America's law died? What are we going to put in its place if Jesus doesn't come back? Where your mind should be is, you know what? We need to upend the system. Here's how you say it. In the Declaration of Independence, it says this. We have a right and a duty to overthrow such governments and institute new governments that will secure the liberties of the people. So if it's at that point, why are we constantly saying we're in a socialist nation? Everything is dead. Our law people don't even listen. Okay. So now what? There, that's it? Thank you. Um, I'm so glad Jesus didn't go on the cross and say, you know what? I'm done because now I'm still left in my sin. He gave me the way out, right? And if your focus is not Jesus Christ, if your focus is not on him, uh, Andrew and I were talking last night. It's a great, and I'm probably preaching on Wednesday. We were talking last night and we were talking about how even in the storm, just before he cast out devils in the demoniac, the storm happened. Christ woke up, or I'm sorry, there's Jesus going to go meet him out on the water. Peter is out there. He says, Father, bid me, or uh, Jesus bid me come. He goes out and goes, right? And then what's the preacher's pet point? He took his eyes off Jesus, right? So then he sung, yep. Christ got him. I don't know if that was the point. I think my wife actually preached this years ago. She said, I think it was Peter was the blessed one because he got to step out and see the saving hand of God the way the others never could. So he saw the frailness of man. That was literally the sin and redemption story. You fall in sin. You're overcome by, here's Jesus, right? That was the redemption story. But then after that, you saw the miracle of, of the, the demons being cast out. I think when we see the storms, then we go back and say, Lord, the storms are here. They're heavy. The earthquakes, there's something happening. What are you doing on the other side? How much do I have to press in here? And what's coming on the other side? What should I prepare for, Lord, in here first? Get prepared too out here, but prepare here. So that way, what, whatever comes next, I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that battle. I'm ready for that war. I'm ready for, the, you know what I mean? To see your glory move. And we talk a lot about we have to, we have to change our expectations. We have hope that things can be turned around and that things that, that we can overcome oppression, we can overcome the loss of liberty, we can overcome the, the dangers that are in America today. But we also have a sober realization and understanding that it may fall. And we, as Christians, have to understand that the fall of America is less important than what Christ is doing. 
and they're not necessarily synonymous. You have to keep your eyes on Christ and have the sober expectation that things could fall apart. It could all be destroyed. But guess what? America, it's part of the world. It is. It's, it's, it's just like your house, just like your car, just like anything else you own. It's worldly. It's going to burn away. What is, what it's is going it? to fall away. Everything turns to disorder. Right. The, the, the second law of thermodynamics, everything goes towards decay. It, it, it falls apart. Yep. But if your eyes are on Christ, you can actually go out with more strength and more power because you look at it and you go, I might lose it. That's okay. I'm still going forward. That's good. Do you think that's why when you meet older saints, they're like, they're just so powerful because they're, they're literally telling the Lord, I'm weak. Yeah. I can't do this without you. And they go out in their weakness and God shows himself strong. And do you and, know what I mean? So they're not counted powerful. They're counted, man, I'm weak. I can't do what I used to. And then God moves even more powerfully because they've given up which, and submitted to God. Which I think to add on to that, that reliance, that weakness comes out of an understanding that the only thing that matters is God. Ooh. And so they know, look, it, it's all hinging on the Lord. And so they're weak because they recognize how little they can actually do. But they, it, it's this image I get of, you know, Christ says, if I could cover you with my wing, like a yeah, mother yeah. hen covers her yep, chicks, yep, right? Yep. Dude, good it's call. It's that same image of good call. the person runs to the Lord. It says it in Psalms, you run to the Lord and hide in the Lord. Yeah, and, man. And that idea, then you say, it, it matters what's going on around me, but it doesn't matter. It can fall away if it needs to, but I'm in the Lord. I could die tomorrow, but I'm still in the Lord. I'm still secure in him. Yeah, and 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 when we when we get done here, we're pretty much done. I think we're done. Um, <clears throat> we want to pray, and and I really want to do this in every podcast from now on. We've done this many times, but I kind of want to make this a norm. Guys, look out too as well. I just had a meeting with the team on Wednesday. We all talked about this, um, and we're we're we'll, we'll schedule this out. But we have a huge event coming up in January. No matter where you're from, you can come to it. It's going to be a twofold thing. We're going to do a power constitution course. It'll be two days. We're going to talk about basically why we need liberty and freedom, where it comes from. But then we're going to send, we're going to have local authorities, basically people who have run for local office, who we trust and who are running and who are in local office. We're having a, I'm hoping that keynote comes through. I, I, there, there's a good chance he will be there. And you would know if I said the name, but uh, he's, he's a state rep and, and, and we're, we're really excited about these things and it's going to show you how to get involved. We're not just giving you the information. We're showing you what it takes to get involved. They're going to tell you how to run, uh, who you need, what kind of things you need, all these other things. And so we're, we're really excited uh, to have that. But also we're going to be having some worship and prayer nights and we want to do those live with you uh, as a team. Um, we need God, man. We need him. And I, I don't have hope outside of the Lord, man. You know, yesterday when we were filming, I was just like, you know, in the morning, I was just mm -hmm. like, man, where's everything? What are we doing? The moment uh, brother prayed, I was like, man, I was broke. I was like, there it is. I need the Lord, you know, and I can't do this. We can't do this. The ministry can't do this. Um, what makes us think that we can change a nation? That's we're, we're men. You know, we're, yeah. we're, we're nothing. He can. To do it. He can. And if we submit to him. Uh, I'm excited. So comment down below if that's something that you're looking for us to do. We want to do that. We want to be uh, with you guys in worship and prayer. We want you guys to send your prayer requests uh, in. We, we want to pray for you. We want you to tell us what you guys want us to talk about because uh, we want to be a part of that. Also, if you have not checked out our website yet, go on there, theselfevidenttruth.com, uh, and you'll find out ways to help. Uh, a lot of people ask, how can we help? 
Um, there's many ways to help. I mean, we're looking always for, uh, you know, volunteers who are good at graphic work. Um, we could sure use an accountant <laughs> to help us with like 990s. We're looking for that kind of help. Uh, if you can help volunteer for that. Um, we're not a money ministry. I'll tell you this right now. Notice our viewership. I don't give a crap if we have 10,000 viewers or a million viewers or 10. Okay. For seven years, we've been laboring behind the scenes. We never invested in our social media. We never invested in YouTube. We don't care about that stuff. What we care about is the message. We care about getting to the people because those one or two will change the world. We've always been there. But with that comes expenses. If you want to help, be a, be a, a torchbearer. Be a partner of our ministry. You can go on the Self-Evident Truth and donate monthly. That's a huge thing for us. That keeps us going. I was just telling someone, there's a there's a group that's meeting with the Government versus God course. He said, man, there's a lot of people that can't afford you know, this stuff. I'm like, give it to them. And he's like, really? I was like, yeah, give them the link. You know? Our donors make it possible for us to give those things away for free when people can't afford it. That's so cool to us, you know, that you guys help us get the word out there. So we need your support. Um, right now, I'm just telling you right now, we're putting a campaign together for the rest of the year. We're, we're looking for the Lord to raise, help us raise $50,000 uh, because we've got a lot of things coming up, not only just the Constitution course, but tra Mike's travel and all these things. A lot of the groups we go to can't afford to, to give us a stipend to travel. We need help, and we want the message, and God will always provide. Trust me, this isn't a plea. We're not saying, oh, my gosh, we're going to close the doors tomorrow. We're fine. God's good, right? We'll eat. My, I, my dog eats really good dog food. I'll eat the dog food. Whatever it takes, right? It doesn't matter. But what we're saying is you can be a part of this move, of, and, and we're not saying we need a move of God. We're in the move of God. We're yeah. seeing God move. And guys like Joseph Z, Chris Ann Hall, Bill Federer, uh, the, the Wall Builders Ministries, uh, Doug Billings, all these guys are out there doing the stuff. We just have our own niche to play in the stuff. Right. Right. And we're going to continue to do this until God tells us no, until till he tells us no mas. One way or another. So, guys, this was the inaugural Saturday morning podcast. We're so thankful for you pray. checking in with us. Right. And right. We need to pray. So let's pray, guys, quick. Father. Lord, we can't do it without you. We just can't. We can't do anything without you, Lord. And Lord, whether it stays or it all burns away, the only thing that matters in our lives is you. And Father, I pray if there are those that are watching or listening who have not accepted Christ as their Savior, Father, I just pray that you would work on their heart to understand that they cannot do it without you. They can't make it without you, Lord. For the wages of sin is death. And I just pray, Lord, that they would fall down on their knees and understand with you, they have abundant life. With you, it all becomes clear. Mm -hmm. And there's no other way to the Father except through Jesus Christ. Yep. And Lord, we pray that as we go forward, us and those who listen and those who support and all of those that are doing what we're doing, Lord, we just pray that you would give us the fire of the Holy Spirit, that you would give us the words that are from heaven to those on earth. Lord, we just pray that you would give us the anointing that we need to go forth to spread your word, your gospel, your direction, your way, the truth, Lord. I don't even call it your truth. I call it the truth. Come on. And Father, I just pray that you would bring those forward who it's their time to help labor in this process. Yep. And Lord, I pray that as we go forward, that you would continually remind us of who we are relying on that it's you, that it's you doing it. And we just pray for your glory to be shown through the big things and the little things. 
Lord, we love you so much. In your name, amen. Amen. Love you guys. We will see you next one, week, Saturday. Right, but also look out for our lives. We're going live Monday and Wednesdays yes. uh, every week, early in the morning. Uh, look for those as well. We're just giving you little tidbits, talks, scripture on what's going on nationally, politically. Uh, and uh, But look forward to 9 a.m. every Saturday, man. We're excited about this time. And uh, thanks for commenting, tuning in. We will see you guys next week. All right. Love you guys.